Les ondes de la paix se répandent au Mali. Mimi Konate, Mika de FM. Ambroise Dagnon pour Mika de FM. The presenters of the UN peacekeeping radio station in Mali, Mikado FM, broadcast for the last time out of the capital Bamako, as the mission in the West African country, MINUSMA, prepares to close at the end of December. MINUSMA is one of the UN's largest peacekeeping operations in sub-Saharan Africa. It's been there for 10 years. The missions on the continent are operating in challenging political and security conditions and face what the head of UN peacekeeping operations, Jean-Pierre Lacroix, describes as a multiplication of crises and a climate of division amongst member states. This is Daniel Dickinson, and for this special edition of the Lid is On podcast from UN News, I sat down with Mr Lacroix to discuss the state of peacekeeping in Africa. I began by asking him to summarise the current UN peacekeeping footprint in the sub-Saharan region. We have, first of all, our biggest missions in uh, sub-Saharan Africa. We have MINUSMA, which is in the process of going down. We have MONUSCO in the DR Congo, UNMIS in South Sudan, uh, ABIE in that territory, which is a disputed territory, and MINUSCA, which is in Central African Republic. So you could say that Sub-Saharan Africa represents, by a significant margin, the area where we have the largest number of peacekeepers. You've travelled to these missions. Can you give an impression of what a UN peacekeeping mission looks like to, to someone who's never seen one? It depends on the mandate, depends on the size. We have peacekeeping missions that are purely or almost exclusively focused on uh, monitoring ceasefires. That is not really the case in sub-Saharan Africa, but if you look at Cyprus or Unifil or the Golan Heights and with UNDOF, uh, those would be uh, mostly focused on uh, monitoring ceasefire and they would be mostly manned with uh, military personnel. But in the case of these large uh, so-called multidimensional peacekeeping operation with a mandate that is very broad, that covers protection of civilians and active support to political efforts and human rights and, uh, and of course, uh, the uh, provision of security uh, to the extent possible, then you have a, a very diverse set of uh, people. You have civilians, you have civilians in various capacities, civil affairs, political affairs, of course, the whole logistic uh, and administrative uh, sort of apparatus. You have people working on human rights, child protection, the women peace and security agenda, and you also have military and police personnel. So a very diverse crowd, if I may say so. And very tough conditions, presumably. And, and of course, tough uh, conditions. If you go to uh, headquarters, then you will find all this diversity of people, uh, walks of life and, and, and specialties. And if you go to the field and what we call the deep field, you know, uh, more remote locations where in most cases our peacekeepers are really in the business of protecting civilians and I think it's important to emphasize that we have uh, every single day our peacekeepers are protecting hundreds of thousands of civilians in those missions then uh, you would see them working in very austere conditions with our military colleagues, with the police, and uh, with uh, also very much working with other partners, such as NGOs, who provide that kind of uh, protection and, 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 um, and security. You've 
just returned from a visit to Mali where the mission, uh, MINUSMA, is in the process of, of closing. How, how's the drawdown going? The drawdown is quite uh, well advanced. We have more than 10,000 colleagues that have already left Mali out of a total of slightly more than 13,500. So we're on the way to completing this uh, drawdown by 31st of December, as was planned. I was in Mali essentially to thank our colleagues for all the good things that they've done. They have been very active in uh, providing protection to civilians and I can tell you that uh, in every places where I went to Mali during my many visits there, those places where our colleagues in Minisma were deployed and protecting civilians, the feedback from the local population was always very positive and uh, expression of gratitude and uh, indeed if there was any demand or ask from them, it was that, you know, we should do more. They were asking us to stay and to do more. But Is uh, this the right time to leave then? It is a decision of the Malian authorities and this has been then endorsed by the uh, Security Council and of course the peacekeeping mission, in fact any UN mission, cannot operate if we don't have the support of the host government, of the host party. So um, it had to happen and uh, and I think that the key challenge uh, for us was to make sure that this withdrawal would happen uh, in a way that would be as protective as possible to our colleagues. The safety and security of our personnel is a top priority, of course. And what's the status of the other peacekeeping missions in sub-Saharan Africa? Are they all going to remain open as far as you can, uh, you can see? All our peacekeeping missions, or most of them, are operating under more challenging political and security conditions. I believe that uh, the multiplication of crises, the uh, more uh, exacerbated divisions across the member states makes it more difficult for us to operate, and especially because political efforts in this climate of division and tension uh, are not making progress, not enough progress. Uh, so these tensions at the global level also uh, are reflected at the local level. However, the uh, protection of civilians remains very active and uh, again, I mean, every single day there are hundreds of thousands of civilians that depend on our peacekeepers for their protection. There are challenges, sometimes there are difficulty with the host government, sometimes there are frustrations because expectations, particularly when it comes to our protection of civilian mandate, are very high and we cannot always meet these expectations because of the uh, situation on the ground, because of the capacities that are being given to us. But our peacekeepers are really doing their best to meet the challenges. You mentioned these political and security issues that UN peacekeeping is facing. I guess there are financial pressures as well. You've just returned from a ministerial meeting uh, focused on peacekeeping in Ghana. Did you get the right support from member states there, the, re the support you were after? Absolutely, yes. The, the, that ministerial level in, uh, on peacekeeping in Accra was uh, very successful. There was the first such meeting in Africa, which I believe is quite uh, relevant. Uh, the, the level of engagement, the level of attendance, the uh, level of support that uh, was expressed by participants was uh, very heartening to our peacekeepers on the ground. 
We also received very significant pledges from these member states, uh, which are consistent with what uh, the needs that we expressed. And I believe that this really confirmed that peacekeeping as a UN activity benefits from a very wide support from our member states. Uh, indeed, I believe that it is probably one of the most supported activities in the UN because most of the member states are stakeholders, whether be it as troop or police contributing countries or members in the Security Council or the General Assembly or countries with an interest in a particular situation where our peacekeepers are deployed. I think there was a recognition of uh, what our peacekeepers are doing, the added value, the difference they're making, a sense that uh, if we didn't have those peacekeeping operations in uh, today in the various areas where they, they are deployed, the situation which probably would probably be much worse in those uh, countries and uh, different regions. And of course the landscape of insecurity in Africa is changing rapidly. How is UN peacekeeping adapting to that? I think it's important to note that uh, when those peacekeepers are deployed, they seriously mitigate the impact of this widespread insecurity in many areas in Africa. And I think if you look at uh, some of the countries, some of the regions in Africa where we used to have peacekeepers, we don't have them anymore. Darfur is one example, and uh, I think it uh, should give us reason to, to pause and to think about uh, this added value of peacekeepers. At the same time, yes, those challenges and safety and security uh, are indeed increasing, and we absolutely need to step up the efforts to respond to these challenges. Now, uh, there are many ways. One of them is to improve the engagement and trust building with the communities. It's very important to explain what we're doing, why we're there, of course, to deliver, to be effective in delivering, uh, to counter fake news and disinformation, because let's face it, there are uh, groups and vested interests who are not interested in our success. They're actually interested in peacekeeping failure. They're interested in preserving chaos because that benefits to these groups' vested interests. You mentioned Darfur. How concerned are you that once UN peacekeepers leave a particular regional country that the same old problems of insecurity and, and violence and, and chaos are going to reoccur? It, it is a concern. I think that there are two ways in which a peacekeeping operation can leave a particular country or a particular region. The ideal conditions are when the peacekeeping operation leaves after the final and successful completion of a political process. In other words, when the durable political solution has been achieved with the support of peacekeepers. And I'm saying with the support because peacekeeping operation cannot achieve these outcomes alone. You rely but on the Security Council and the support of the member the support states. We need the support of member states, we need the support of the Security Council, we need the support of uh, regional, sub-regional organisations, many other players. And, and you're um, not getting that right now? Well, yes, we did in uh, many countries in the, in the past. Uh, the list of countries that where these durable solutions were achieved with the support of peacekeepers is a very long list in Africa, the countries such as uh, Mozambique, Namibia, Angola, Sierra Leone, Cote d'Ivoire, Liberia, etc., etc., not to mention countries in other continents. But it's much more difficult to achieve that outcome now because of the lack of support and certainly lack of united and committed support 
to those political efforts, particularly from our divided member states. I think this is really a key challenge that uh, we're having to deal with. We're talking about the divisions in the Security Council. Division in the Security Council, division across the membership, the division the uh, the international community, and that sort of reverberates in uh, the different areas where our peacekeepers are deployed. How do you see that playing out in the future? I mean, there's huge division now. If it continues, how is that going to affect UN peacekeeping? I think we need to be clear. I, I think that uh, the role of the UN, so I'm not talking only about UN peacekeeping, but the role of the United Nations on peace and security can only be as strong and effective as the commitment and uh, support and unity of our member states is. I think we, we need to be absolutely clear about that. That doesn't mean that we cannot and we should not keep making efforts to improve the way in which we operate uh, peacekeeping operation and more generally on our field-based operation on peace and security. But at the same time, we need to make it clear to our member states that uh, our success ultimately is predicated on the amount of support and united support that we're getting from our member states. There has to be an appetite and a commitment from our member states for multilateral responses to crisis. Jean-Pierre Lacroix, the head of UN peacekeeping operations. I'm Daniel Dickinson. Thanks for joining us for this edition of our flagship podcast series, The Lid is On. You can follow UN News on our app or on X, formerly known as Twitter.